0: And I'll say that nonprofits, for profits, all need a mission, all need a vibrant mission. And any of your listeners who are thinking about their careers, what they want to do with their lives, and how to make a difference, should be looking for that mission orientation from the get-go in every organization that they're touching.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast that aims to redefine and expand the boundaries of a social impact career. I'm Evie, and alongside my co-host Elise. We are so excited you are joining us in our journey of finding purpose in our profession. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Dan Mendelson. We are so excited to welcome you, Dan, onto our podcast.
2: Thank you for being here. First, we'll provide a quick background on you for our listeners. So Dan is CEO of Morgan Health at JPMorgan Chase & Co. He was previously founder and CEO of Avalere Health a healthcare advisory company based in Washington, D.C. Dan also served as operating partner at Welsh Carson, a private equity firm. Before founding Avalere, Dan served as associate director for health at the Office of Management and Budget in the Clinton White House. Dan currently serves on the board of Champions Oncology and is an adjunct professor at the Georgetown University Business School. He holds a BA from Oberlin College and an MP from the Kennedy School of Government
1: at Harvard University. So in this podcast, we're gonna be talking about two main topics. First, Dan's path to healthcare and his passion there. And then second, his work as the CEO of Morgan Health at JP Morgan Chase and Co. So, Dan, I would love to start the podcast off by asking, what was your path to healthcare? How did you decide to make an impact in the health sector and what were your pivots along this journey? We'd love to hear your story.
0: First of all, thanks so much for having me. It's so delightful to have a conversation and I'm really looking forward to it. Look, is a great deal. First of all, it's 20% of the economy. It's growing, it affects every one of us. It affects the people that we love the most. And there's always something going on with respect to health or healthcare. But there's so many problems in the healthcare system. There's expense, there's a lack of attention to quality, there's inequity, there is mistreatment of whole groups of individuals. There, there is a lot to work on. In some ways, we have the best healthcare in the world in this country. Particularly if you have the income and you understand how to navigate the system. And in other ways, we're the worst. And so it's, I think that for people who care about mission, it's a really target rich opportunity. It's a place where you can work hard, make a difference. And I'm really optimistic about the potential to improve the healthcare system. Given where we are right now, I've never been more optimistic about that. And that that has really been, I would say, what has always drawn me into the space.
2: Thanks so much for sharing that, Dan. I know, too, I'm personally interested in healthcare and a lot of those reasons 100% resonate. 20% of GDP and just so much room for growth and kind of tackling some of those inequalities. So thanks for that. Curious too, Dan, would you please share a little bit about your work at Avalere Health? And how did that set you up for successfully leading Morgan Health?
0: I'll take you one step back, actually, where I ran the healthcare portfolio at the White House Office of Management and Budget for President Clinton. And this was during a period, 1998 to 2000, when there was a Republican Congress and a Democratic administration. And we were working very collaboratively back and forth. So it's not, it was not like today, where it's a very fractious environment. There's always been politics, but we were able to accomplish a lot. We insured 10 million children during that period of time in the children's health insurance program. We did a lot of really great, important things during those years. And by the way, we balanced the budget for those two years. It was the last time that the budget was balanced in ancient history, probably before many of your listeners were born. You know, it is what it is. But I'd say that uh, that coming out of that and in founding Avalier, I wanted to be in a place where There could be a very strong mission orientation and a focus on improving the healthcare system. I didn't want to lobby. Like I I felt since I had been in a position of trust in government that it wasn't the right thing to do to go in and then try to advocate for something. So I wanted to set it up really as an analytic function. I've always also really been interested in healthcare data. And so what can we learn from the information that we have? How can we better process it and communicate it so that we can be better decision makers. And I think, by the way, a lot of those themes persist to today. So like founding Avalier, I did it because there was no such organization and was able to grow it piece by piece, you know, started off and bootstrapped it, did it myself. And with the help of family and friends and a lot of support that I was fortunate to have it progressed very naturally. And I didn't actually take capital into the company until 2008 when I sold a minority interest to a private equity firm.
1: Thank you for sharing. And what was then your journey from Avalier Health to Morgan Health? What drew you to Morgan Health? And how did you know that was the right place for you?
0: So then I'll t- take you the rest of the Avalier journey. So like 2008, brought in capital, used the proceeds of that to really build the data sophistication of the organization. And we started doing A lot of interesting work around improving patients' care journeys using data. And that was very important and really captured my attention and the attention of our management team. And then we continued to progress the company up to the point where it was about 250 employees and we needed bigger and more sophisticated data to really accomplish on the mission. So we combined the company. I sold the company to a health IT firm that was a public company at the time. Called the Novalon Holdings. That was a 15 year journey, which I just uh, made very concise. But it, of course, when you're running the company, there are a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs. I griefed to stay for three years, operated the company, and then had a lot of flexibility at that point and decided that I wanted to do something really different. And that kind of fast forwards off over to Morgan Health. Thank you.
2: That's awesome. We will dive into Morgan Health very shortly. And it's fascinating to hear your passion for data-driven healthcare and how important that is to create change and look at when you're making investments, which I'm sure we'll dive in very soon. We want to pause on the Morgan Health for a moment and talk a little bit more about all of the other impact work you do within and outside of healthcare. So for starters, you serve on the board of directors for Alliance for Health Policy, focusing Mm -hmm. on facilitating nonpartisan dialogue. Will you please share with us the mission of Alliance for Health Policy and the impact you're making on the board?
0: Before I, I'm going to come back to that, okay. but before I do that, you are you guys are really focused on mission and how you integrate that into your life. And I'll say that nonprofits, for-profits all need a mission, all need a vibrant mission. And any of your listeners who are thinking about their careers, what they want to do with their lives and how to make a difference should be looking for that mission orientation from the get-go in every organization that they're touching. And even before I'll get to the nonprofit work, where sometimes mission is a little bit more evident in nonprofits, but mission should also be a clear driver in for profits. For profit companies have to have a vibrant mission in order to grow and succeed and change, change the world, which is what companies really should do. And so, so the mission of Avalir was to be the essential voice improving healthcare. Pause to think about that for a second. So it started out as a consulting firm and it evolved into more of a, a data analytics firm. But always, and you'd ask any person in that organization what the mission was. They could tell you the mission awesome. of the organization because that's what motivates people to, to come to work every day, to be excited, to drive change. And you know, to me, that's been important really in, every, in everything. <laughs> I won't, I don't play if there's not a strong mission. It's not going to happen. And that was 15 years of my life. So that was uh, important to me to have that very clearly identified. But well, on the Alliance for Health Policy, great organization. The mission there is to facilitate bipartisan dialogue on health care. And it goes back to what I was saying before, how the environment today is so fractious. And you can't make progress unless you're having a conversation. And I think it's important to not only talk to People who are like yourself, but also people who have different views, and so that organization is really oriented towards making a safe place for different types of thinkers to get together um, to have good conversations about how to improve healthcare. And it's a, it's a very diverse board. It's very bipartisan. There's everything, a full political spectrum, full spectrum of race ethnicity, full spectrum of everything. I'm very proud of that. I've been chairing the governance committee for a number of years now, and uh, we've really crafted this board of thoughtful, caring people who also come from really all different walks of life, and I think that in and of itself is a very important goal, not only for the Alliance, but also for other organizations that want to make change.
1: Yeah, definitely. Other than the Alliance for Health Policy, you've participated in numerous of other government and volunteer work inside and outside of healthcare, which I assume all are aligned your mission, which has been most meaningful to you and how to decide which impact organization it causes to spend your time on and to support?
0: It's a good question, Evie. I think for me, what's important is that there is there's intrinsic motivation that comes from me, that comes from my heart and it's how I want to spend my time, regardless of the activity that I'm doing. I've been on a lot of public company boards. I've been on nonprofit boards. I've been on private company boards and I always want to be improving healthcare. That's really important to me personally. I also always want to be in an environment that is collaborative. I don't like working in a world where people are hyper competitive and at each other's throats. And so I think personal mission, and it is important to get in touch with your values and understand how you want to spend your time and what you want to do. But you think about personal mission and then congruence with organizational mission. So Champions Oncology, the public company board that I'm on, their mission is to help cure cancer. And it's a great mission. It's probably not how I want to spend all of my time because I see that as a component of improving healthcare. And so there's different elements of it. And for me, like at this point in my career, work is like a mosaic where I have my Morgan Health work. I have my nonprofit boards. I'm very involved with my wife, Jen, in the Holocaust Museum, the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, and love spending time there. That's also part of my mission. It's more focused on helping to eradicate bigotry and anti-Semitism. It's a little bit different, but again, you feel all of these different components are improving the world, and that's really where I like to be spending my time.
2: I love the mosaic analogy, I think, for both me and Evie. That's something we're going to add to our list of hopefully kind of fulfillment and career yeah. and impact and kind of a main area like healthcare for you and then kind of all those that can complement that
0: earlier in your career you're more focused on your job. Yeah. And you get out and I remember really vividly my first jobs I actually made my living as a musician for a while. So it was in a typical path. But the first job that I had, like real job, I remember just like putting a hundred percent into that job and that was valuable. And and you don't end up getting the luxury of really diversifying your portfolio until later, like you can, you yep. yep. always can do nonprofit work and you can always volunteer your time and find things that are meaningful to you personally. But when you get later in your career, I think you do have more of a luxury to be doing more of those things. And that's part of the evolution that you'll see in those of us who've gone to mid career or towards the ends of our, our careers.
2: Yes. And that segues beautifully into our next question, which is really what are your strategies for balancing your full-time work at Morgan Health and healthcare investing with sitting on boards and outside work? And especially yeah. because what you touched on earlier, yes, it makes sense that when we're fresh out of college, young professionals, it's probably best to maybe focus hundred percent in your career, figure out what you want to do. But at the same time, obviously you gain responsibility. You're CEO of Morgan Health, right? So with that sometimes comes more time, but you're still making time and energy for different things. So how do you do that?
0: Yeah. I think you put it well. Challenge, even in the tone of your question, it's like frenetic. Like there, there's there's a lot of stuff going yes. on, which is good. Like I I do I enjoy that. Look the the mission of Morgan Health um, is to drive innovation in employer sponsored healthcare. Okay, that's our that's what we spend our time doing, and we're doing that by investing in innovative companies, making sure that we're bringing innovation into the JPMorgan Chase benefit. And working externally in the policy context to articulate where the system needs to go and find allies who want to work with us to change the system, and that's what we that's what we do. And I have the luxury in that environment to have an amazing staff, and I'll say it's really a luxury because I was able to vested with the resources to put the staff together. We have thirty staff, and they come from all, and we've assembled them over the last. 18 months. Mm -hmm. And they come from all walks of healthcare, from healthcare investing, from the government, from the insurance sector, from the policy world. And again, it's a very diverse, I think diversity is super important in all aspects. And it's a very diverse group of thinkers as well as by race, ethnicity. And it is a group that, that gels well together. And we're sort of in the process of gelling, but it's going very well. So... The answer to your question about how to balance things is that ultimately and you won't see this when you first get out of school and you're just working your job, you don't have people who are reporting to you, but a good manager is hiring people who are better than him or her at their function so that they can rest easy when they give a delegation. And, you know, that's that's also what the professional should want as well, because they want the authority to actually be able to accomplish. And so I have wonderful people in that team. Who can really do what they are doing and what that means is that I can help to set the vision and to make sure they're accomplishing it and to make sure that I'm setting them up for success but I don't have to do everything every day and be there and it's really important for me to let go you know there was I had this one manager in my in my shop at Avalier who was very thoughtful and also very good with a metaphor and he was like and he was coaching me a little bit with respect to how to manage and he said you have to understand that that when you're the CEO and you go and you like turn the crank, you know that there's all these gears, and that you turn the crank like a quarter of a crank, and then those gears and the leverage of those gears mean that somebody at the at the bottom of that gear shaft is turning, spinning around a hundred times when you turn the crank a half a lever. And so you have to understand, I think, as a manager, that when you articulate a vision, it will take your staff some time to. To really understand it and accomplish on it. And you have to have that patience to understand how things are going. So the way that that I balance it is by working with great teams and leveraging and making sure that I don't overextend myself.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I think that being able to trust in the people that you work with and finding people that really complement each other team also goes back to your kind of passion for working in collaborative environments.
0: The other thing there, I want to say this because it's kind of part of life, is that Sometimes you make hires that don't work out and all managers do. And sometimes the team isn't working out. And this happens all the time. And it's happened in every organization that I've ever been in. And as a manager, you have to have the knowledge and the compassion to fix those problems. Sometimes you need to move people out of their jobs. Sometimes you need to move somebody out of the organization. And you have to make those tough calls. It's not always kumbaya. And I've seen a lot of managers who are reluctant to to make those tough calls and then it causes suffering on the staff because there's something that's not working. If as a manager, you start to feel like something's not working, you have to call it out and talk, talk about it, understand what things are. And so it's not always roses when you're leading an organization. And so like I say, I'll have the luxury of the, the 30 staff. It takes a lot of care and feeding and management as well to make sure that things are actually going well. Right.
1: Definitely. I think intentional effort Accountability is something that is
0: really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So now we're going to go more to talking about Morgan Health. For our listeners, Morgan Health deploys $250 million in capital identifying high potential growth-oriented companies working to improve employer-sponsored healthcare. Dan, we would love to know more about how your journey, how Morgan Health came to be, and what are the long-term goals here for your organization?
0: Morgan Health started with A group of people at JPMorgan Chase, including most notably uh, the JPMorgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, who has long been passionate about improving healthcare. And there was a previous effort, Haven, that was a joint venture between three very diverse companies, Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, and JPMorgan Chase, which did not succeed. And when they unwound that effort, the JPMC leadership really wanted to try again The idea was like, what can you learn from that experience and bring forward? And when I was asked to come in, the first aspect of it was really to do a lot of listening. And I think that's really important. Coming into any new job It was particularly important in this area because what they had done before had not worked. And so let's say, what do we learn from this? And how can we reorient and fix in terms of where things are? But there was a lot of listening to really understand. And so we came up with a vision that you just articulated driving improvement in employer-sponsored health care. And we do that through investments from the balance sheet. We do that through deploying a really knowledgeable group of people who understand accountable care, value-based health care, better primary care, better health information technology. These are the elements of change. And so we have that. And then depth of policy expertise. And that's the formula that we're operating on right now. It's going very well. We've made six investments so far. They're all companies that I'm very proud of and and that really do have promise to improve healthcare. Look, as an investor, I can tell you that not every company will succeed, but some will succeed spectacularly. And we will work very hard to help every one of succeed. And that's kind of part of the job of an investor is to be the coach, mentor, shoulder to cry on, person who helps stimulate ideas like that. That's what a good investor really should be doing. And that's how we're operating right now. And so. We also have a lot of support from the bank, and the bank is a very large and very capable organization. So for example, JPMorgan Chase provides banking services to 40% of the small businesses in the United States. And small businesses have a terrible time affording and maintaining good health care coverage for their work. So one of the things that we're starting to think about is, okay, how do we help the bank help our customers get better health care for their employees? And that's an interesting question. And so those are the kinds of challenges that we get the opportunity to tackle by virtue of the fact that we sit within the largest bank in the United States.
2: For sure. Thanks, Dan. Curious too, in dissecting attempt number one, what didn't work and what core changes were made with attempt number two in terms of Morgan Health? And how did you yeah. decide on the mission of employer-sponsored healthcare, whether that be personal interests of you and Jamie Diamond, or if that's where just the most opportunity lies in your opinion right now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we decided. Great question. We decided on employer-sponsored health care for a couple of reasons. I'll take your first, second question Perfect. first. Perfect. This is like the first thing they tell you in media training is answer the question that you want to answer. I love it. Yes. Yeah. You were asked by Evie and Elise. <sighs> Why do we focus on employer-sponsored health care? There's a lot of policy focus on Medicare, Medicaid, the Obamacare, the health insurance exchanges. And what's really interesting is that there are 160 million people in this country, about half of the, the population get their insurance through an employer-sponsored plan. But you don't hear about it. And that's really a problem. And we have to fix that. And so part of it is the fact that employers have a day job and their day job is running their companies. And so if you're a if a pizza shop or a you name it, you're or even a bank, you're busy running your own business. And you don't have a lot of time. You're going to provide health care for your workers because it's what is expected and you want to help retain your employees, but you don't want to spend too much of your time messing with it. So we have a system that is really oriented around complacency and status quo. And then the other issue is that there's a lot of money flowing through the system and the money stops at different places. Physician groups get paid, hospitals get paid, pharmaceutical companies get paid insurance companies get paid and everyone is getting paid, but it doesn't necessarily help the worker, the human. And so that's really the conundrum that we are engaging in. And it's a good good place to focus time and attention. I'd say it's also very important for long-term American competitiveness, because what's happening is that cost of healthcare continues to go up. We can do more for more patients, but that healthcare bill is eating into wages for Americans. And it's also eating into corporate profits for corporations. And we really have to be more prudent over time if we wanna maintain global competitiveness. And you can't project out without really understanding that in terms of how we are positioned as a country. So that's really what drove the focus on the employer sector. And again, it's not to say that we don't care a lot about the public programs, we really do, but it's not front and center for us. And we also understand that it's not front and center for the the policymakers to focus on the employer aspects
1: thank you dan for sharing very intentional in your efforts as we can hear we wanted to learn more about your investing mindset and you talked about how you invested in six companies you're very proud of what is your investing mindset that you and your team cultivate and how can you break down further for us what types of companies you're looking
0: great great question so We are a mission-oriented, double-bottom-line investor. So on the financial side, we look for market returns, and we measure that in terms of return on equity. But that's not enough for us, and we will not invest unless the companies are very aligned with our mission, which is broken record, improving employer-sponsored healthcare. (laughs) And then within that, we look for better outcomes, better affordability for workers, and better health equity. And those are really the three things. And we want to make sure that every company that we work with is attuned to all three of those things, because we really believe that you can't just in isolation, take one thing at a time. Can't take just cost. Mm-hmm. If I tell you, okay, go to this doctor, she's cheaper than the one next door. You're going to say, why? Yeah, more. why? Totally. What's the quality? And, and health equity also, it, from my standpoint, as an employer, I don't wanna work with an insurance company that isn't focused on health equity. I don't want that. And I wish, by the way, that more employers would articulate that. I think, again, goes back to the fact that it's hard for employers to really spend a lot of time focused on improving the healthcare system, but we'll get there. And I do think that the fact that so many corporations are saying that they care about health equity right now is great from my standpoint, because now I can say, here's a pathway to actually delivering on that. So, you know, we're looking at our data right now within JPMorgan Chase to really understand where the issues are to craft programs and then to invest in companies that really have the tools so that we can be addressing those needs.
2: That's fantastic. Thanks, Dan. Curious too, which of your recent investments or the six that you've made so far are you most excited about and why?
0: That's like asking a parent to choose among-
2: well, that you're super
0: excited about, <laughs> and not the one. Yeah. I'll use this as an example, not because I like this investment better than any of the others, but the first one that we did because we've been operating it the longest. And we've really had the opportunity to work collaboratively. And this is a, a company called Pre-Health. And what we're doing there, um, we invested in the company. And then we're also offering the services of the company to our employees in Columbus, Ohio. And we have 40,000 employees and dependents. In Ohio. So it's a pretty large group, and we are the largest commercial employer in the Columbus market. So we have the ability to go in and say, look, let's do things differently and see if this works. So that's what we're doing there. And we have a clinic that is actually on site in our largest facility, and then a series of near site clinics. And unlike a lot of corporate clinics, it isn't just to get a flu shot or deal with workplace issues. It's also a primary care clinic. So we're inviting our employees in for a primary care engagement because we really believe that primary care is the key to health, particularly as as people get older. And it's a primary care clinic, and then it's also run by one of the best primary care groups in Ohio, Central Ohio Primary Care. And they're our partner in crafting a benefit experience for our employees. That invites them into to to really address all different facets of their health, emotional well being, mental health, physical health, and the like. And so we've reimagined the care journey, and we fielded this now in our population. and, And we're young in this effort. We invested in the company about two years ago, less than two years ago. We fielded this product a year ago, so we're just beginning to get into it and. It'll probably be like a five-year evaluation period, I think, realistically, to show the improvements in health outcomes and how this really affects the downstream costs that our employees incur. But we're very optimistic about it and really believe that it has the potential to, again, address health equity, quality, and affordability. That's our goal. So that's one. Again, like every company has a good story associated with it, and we're working to Bring those to fruition.
1: That's awesome. I want to move more into the annual JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in January in San Francisco. You recently held it in January. Congratulations, the 41st one. So many. So many. We've <laughs> heard that the best in healthcare attend your conference and that it's where important ideas are shared, relationships are built, and deals are made. What do you think is the impact of this conference and what were the major takeaways or successes of this year's conference?
0: It's a great meeting and I've gone very regularly for about 20 years the importance of the meeting is really connectivity between healthcare companies like banking is a relationship sport is really about trust and relationships and strategy is also about relationships like to understand which companies should be working together and how and how success is created through partnership it's really the essence of good banking and i think it's also the essence of of the san francisco conference it's really it's massive and there are just a ton of people there and interesting conversations are being had and people are articulating interesting ideas and companies are presenting to say who they are and what they're doing companies that are raising money are always there to engage and to figure out how they should be positioned and the like. and look i'll say that, uh, that that kind of environment doesn't happen everywhere and it's really fun so Then what happens when I'm 58, so when you've been in this for a while, you get to see people that you haven't seen for a really long time. And so it just gets fun because the entire network that you've built over your career is there and engaging and and talking. You get to see a lot of things and catch up with ideas that that you wouldn't have necessarily uh, seen as a result of of not going to. It's really, it's a great, it's a great conversation.
2: That's wonderful. I personally cannot wait to attend when I join the firm. So hopefully I see you there, Dan. And so we only have about five, four five more minutes. So we're hoping to squeeze in three more quick things, Dan. So let's see if we can do it. First, how do you think about the work that remains to be done in the healthcare industry? What kind of within the niche that you focus in? And what do you think is the role of huge legacy institutions like JP Morgan taking the lead? Does that need to continue happening at JP Morgan and other firms? Do we need to attract more individual talent, dedicate more resources? What do you think are next steps?
0: You're really the master of the compound question here.
2: Right, man. We gotta give you a challenge.
0: Yeah. Leadership could not be more important in this area. And I think especially from employers. And you already see like a number of employers stepping up. Boeing is doing interesting things. Disney is doing interesting things. Walmart is doing interesting things, but it's a relatively small group and would love to see that expand. And then in addition, I think that part of it is that the corporate leaders need to make sure that there's great product available for smaller companies that will never have the bandwidth to really engage in healthcare. And so it's really the development of a more responsive, accountable product that can be easily purchased by smaller employers. So to me, that's what needs to happen i think that that the worry and the concern about health equity has grown but the solutions are not there yet and so it's in the health equity aspect it's really about solutioning so like one of the things that that i'm very proud we're working with kaiser permanente in california and that's a great system and it's the first system that has agreed to take financial risk to help us improve health equity among our population and to me that's just a very that's a very promising sign so look i think when we're talking about what needs to be done in healthcare is a lot and it's about quality accountability cost and health equity and really addressing a lot of those things at the same time which is why i think young people who are interested in figuring out where they want to spend their career healthcare is a great place to be
1: definitely and talking about solutions and cultivating the skills to actually get into this healthcare industry, would you have any advice for students or young professionals? What kind of qualities should they cultivate in order to make an impact in healthcare and or investing?
0: I'll say that everyone's going to get there in a slightly different way. And the advice that I would give is to figure out what you are passionate about and really develop those things. So there are going to be some people who are going to develop clinical skills. They're going to become nurses or doctors, critical to... The talent pool, if you will, there are going to be some people who will develop financial skills and still be thinking about from a mission orientation. That's also critical to the evolution going forward because activity often follows a financial trail, and so we have to understand that and acknowledge it. There are going to be some people who are passionate about public policy, and we'll get into it from that perspective. And the one of the interesting things about healthcare is it's very multidisciplinary. So my advice is pursue your passion with the goal in mind of improving healthcare, And then you'll ultimately end up with a lot of colleagues who have got there from a very different perspective and share your goal.
2: Love that. Yes, it's certainly very multidisciplinary and I think that's what's going to make the stronger talent pools all these people from different backgrounds coming together on future innovations that's fantastic final question Dan before we let you go is we'd love to hear what are your short-term and long-term goals both for Morgan Health and then yourself professional
0: look the the short-term goals are really about about finding great companies that share our values and want to be part of our ecosystem and then also making sure that we are evolving our benefit and helping other corporations evolve their benefits to be more responsive to the needs of their employees. Um, So those are really the short-term goals. In the longer term, with respect to Morgan Health, the goal is to create this incredible, vibrant ecosystem that is highly valuable both to the bank as well as to the companies that we are engaging with to drive the mission of improving employer-sponsored healthcare. So it's really about driving better employer-sponsored health care. And then look, with respect to my career goals, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing right now and want to see this ecosystem. And uh, that's where my head is right now.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan, for on yeah. the podcast.
0: It's a fun conversation. And I'm always happy, by the way, to hear from people. I'll give my email address. It's dan.mendelson at com, or you can also get me through uh, through LinkedIn. And I'd love to hear from your listeners with comments, thoughts, anything. Oh, that's fantastic.
2: fantastic. Huge thanks, Dan.
0: My pleasure. See you soon.
2: Bye-bye.